You're listening to Code Red with Secure America Now, the largest national security grassroots army. Welcome to the Code Red podcast. I am Alan Roth, president of Secure America Now. Our guest today is Ambassador Dory Gold. Along with a distinguished record of accomplishment as a diplomat, Dory is author of several best-selling books, including The Fight for Jerusalem and Hatred's Kingdom. Dory is also president of the Jerusalem Center of Public Affairs. For Dory, thank you for coming on our podcast to help us understand what is transpiring in Jerusalem and the state of Israel. Let's begin with you giving us an update about what the situation is on the ground in Jerusalem. Are rockets raining down on the holy city? Are people rioting? What is happening in the streets of Jerusalem? Well, let's understand what happened. You know, the terrorist organization Hamas wanted to link the subject of Jerusalem to its fight with Israel in the southern part of the country. So that is what transpired. And I think the Hamas used an attack on Jerusalem for that purpose. They also used it as for achieving a number of goals which they had wanted to achieve. They wanted to, um, they wanted to mobilize the Arab and Muslim worlds, which in the last number of years weren't really excited by the Palestinian issue. It would sort of become a, a much lower priority. So that was one of their purposes. And you can see that now there's going to be a meeting of the Arab League, which is a rather more abundant organization, but nonetheless, it allows Hamas to mobilize them. Hamas also wants to um, outrun and defeat Fatah, the main Palestinian nationalist organization for many years. So this attack on Jerusalem by bringing up the issue of Jerusalem and making Hamas the defender of Jerusalem is a way of positioning Hamas and um, putting it in a position that it is defeating the old Fatah organization of Yasser Arafat. Um, What is happening now uh, in Jerusalem is somewhat minimalistic meaning the, f- the real theater of operations where the clashes are going on are in southern Israel. There have been terrible rocket launches into the city of Ashkelon, one of our major cities, and people have died from rocket attacks. Now, even though we have anti-rocket systems, um, they're not always working. They're not always foolproof. And therefore, we have suffered very big losses today. Um, How are we going to get out of this? I think it would be a mistake for Israel just to run to Egypt and say, can you talk to Hamas for us and maybe cool things down? I think that if we leave this 
confrontation with Hamas um, in a manner that Hamas feels it won and Israel lost, we'll pay a price for that in the weeks and months ahead. We have got to defeat these guys. And we can talk more about what that entails. But I'll stop here right now, and you can ask me more questions. In the United States, there are references on the evening news and newspapers that there are riots in different parts of Israel. Uh, uh, Jerusalem was the main focus of the news in the United States. And the Hamas getting involved, is that indicative of also Iran getting involved? That is an excellent question, because Hamas is a, how would I put this, uh, a branch of uh, Iranian power projection towards us, just like Hezbollah. Just like the Houthis are a branch of power projection of Iran towards Saudi Arabia. They're launching missiles into Saudi Arabia, into Riyadh. They've been launching missiles at Aramco, you know, oil production facilities. So uh, Iran is using all of these um, um, forces as um, representatives of their interests. And uh, in fact, using them to uh, launch rockets and all kinds of other weapon systems to undermine the security of America's allies and uh, Iran's adversaries. You have um, you have you have mentioned that this extension of Iranian power um, is directly related to Hamas. And you also mentioned that there is an inter-Palestinian battle taking place with Fatah. Is Fatah also instigating these riots, or is it purely a Hamas situation? Hamas is in the driver's seat. Hamas is the main player pushing this whole confrontation. But rather than, you know, run to the United Nations or do what normally Fatah might try and do when it was working through the PLO, um, they are not pouring, you know, let's say cold water on the coals of this confrontation. Fatah is involved. Fatah members are involved. And some of it can express itself in terms of rioting, we had yesterday, uh, right near the walls of the old city of Jerusalem, we had a, uh Israeli um, uh, private vehicle uh, hit by lots of rocks. And then the uh, Palestinians who were there um, right mo- moved right up to this car, pulled the doors open, 
and planned to lynch the driver and his passengers. And only because an Israeli policeman drew his revolver and, and scared these guys off, these people's lives were saved. But that's, that could have been done by a Fatah person or a Hamas person. I just I want to I want to read a couple of lines of a tweet by a Hamas official. People of Jerusalem, we want you to cut off the heads of the Jews with knives. With your hand, cut their artery from here. A knife costs five shekels. Buy a knife, sharpen it, put it here, and just cut off their heads. It costs just five shekels. With those five shekels, you will humiliate the Jewish state. Is this a, a type of message that one is hearing, let us say, on Palestinian radio, uh, on Palestinian um, flyers that are pa being passed out in, among Palestinians? It, is this a, a fight, um, and the main goal is to humiliate the state of Israel by killing Jews? Well, again, I haven't seen it, but it makes a lot of sense. These guys are ratcheting up violence and the incitement to violence. That is what is going on, and that's consistent attitude they have been putting forward. There has been, in recent weeks, several of what are considered the United States' uh, adversaries, China, Russia, uh, North Korea, have been challenging uh, the United States in various ways. Do you think that these attacks are also... Uh, in part, a challenge to the new Biden administration? We can identify a number of goals that Hamas has. One of those goals is to destroy what was accomplished by the Trump administration uh, with through the Abraham Accords. Those are the peace treaties between Israel, the UAE, um, Bahrain, Sudan, Morocco, they want to make sure that those peace treaties collapse. That would be a great achievement for them, for Hamas. So um, I think that is largely what uh, Hamas is up to by getting this violence going. I mean, if you have, for example, people in Abu Dhabi calling for uh, cutting relations with Israel, which they're not doing, by the way. But if that happened, that would be a great victory uh, for Hamas. It would be a great victory for Iran and a great defeat for the United States. Do you think that this has the potential of carrying on for a substantial period of time? Well, part of the, you know, the forces that led to this escalation, there are multiple. One of them is it's the period of Ramadan. 
And in Ramadan, there's all this like mythology about this is the time to wage jihad. And, you know, there are people who really buy into that you know, rhetoric and that ideology. And that can really um, undermine agreements we have with Arab countries. And you see this as the potential of continuing for a while? Well, I think Ramadan is going to be over by the end, by, by this coming weekend. It, it ends according to when the uh, moon has a certain uh, configuration at night. And it's different in different Arab countries. But Ramadan's coming to an end. And I can tell you, I think our security people have been holding their breaths for Ramadan to finally end because that will, you know, uh, deflate this whole uh, environment which has been prompting violence against Israel. In the answer to the first question that I posed to you, you mentioned that Israel cannot settle this by going to a third party, that Israel must take more decisive action. Can you give us some idea of what you think Israel should do to stop what is going on now, but also to deter it from happening again in the future? I heard you. By the way, we're just hearing now that there are um, sirens. There were sirens in the greater Tel Aviv area. From, and in Tel Aviv itself from a Hamas attack. So you have to understand Hamas is now able to reach out not just you know 40 kilometers but 80 kilometers into the heart of Israel's cities. And what do you think Israel's response would entail? I think Again, I'm not going into military tactics, mm -hmm. but I think that um, Hamas has to understand that it lost in this confrontation. And right now, that is not what Hamas is feeling. You have been one of the lead opponents uh, um, articulating opposition to what was the Iran nuclear deal, which is now back on the table. Do you think there is any linkage to what is going on now with Hamas taking the lead from Gaza, attacking Tel Aviv, attacking Jerusalem and other cities, Ashkelon? Uh, do you think there's some sort of linkage between between the attempts being made both by the United States and Europe to re-engage the Iran nuclear deal? Do you think that any of this is linked? Yes, I think there is. First of all, I don't, I don't think it's intentional on the side of the Western powers, but I think this is in effect what is occurring. You know, in 2015, when the Iran nuclear deal was concluded. By the way, it was never signed. If somebody says they signed it, it's wrong. It was concluded. Um, when it was concluded, there were many 
uh, officials in the Obama administration who said, well, what's good about this is that it could lead to more a moderation of Iranian behavior. And basically, the exact opposite occurred. And what we found was that there was, a, there was escalation all over the Middle East, rather than a kind of cooling off period that was supposed to result. For example, the Houthis in Yemen became a far more formidable force. I've been studying the use of attack drones by the Houthis. I mean, the Houthis were the most primitive force in the Arab world. And here they were using Iranian attack drones and delivering very precise attacks against Saudi airfields, you know, Saudi air bases, and against oil facilities belonging to Aramco. I mean, this was unheard of. This is astounding. So if you see that as a result of the Iran nuclear deal, there was a kind of escalation of attacks by organizations that were uh, supported by Iran. It doesn't require, you don't have to be Henry Kissinger to figure out that Hamas is another one of these organizations that feels motivated and prompted to uh, attack its enemy, meaning Israel, uh, in the new environment. By the way, um, there is a think tank in London, which is um, uh, run by Tony Blair, or it's under his name at least, and they put out a study about how, let's call it the malign activities of uh, pro-Iranian entities in the Middle East ever since the Iran nuclear deal. And their conclusion was unmistakable. The Iran nuclear deal made these confrontations much worse, much more widespread, and increased the numbers of organizations that you know, grew out like mushrooms as a result of the Iran deal. Now, today, if the West goes back and removes sanctions and huge hundreds of billions of dollars go into Iran's uh, budget, you can be certain that a good portion of that money is going to go to these organizations. And that could be Hamas, that could be Palestinian Islamic Jihad, that could be the Houthis, and... Um, we're going to have a much more dangerous Middle East, and from an American perspective, right in an area where America is still, uh, from which America is still driving its oil and gas. Not a good situation. There are some news reports that are pushing a narrative of moral equivalency that both Israel, Hamas, and Abbas, Fatah are all uh, in the same 
moral boat, meaning that these riots and these rocket launches are actually both sides um, are responsible for it. Is that the case? Is um, is or is it that Israel is actually uh, a victim here of something that was started by its enemies? Well, let me give you an example. You know, if you sit and you sit in front of your cable television and you watch CNN or anybody else, and you see uh, riots on the Temple Mount and Israeli soldiers in riot gear going into the Al-Aqsa Mosque, you know, their narrative, as we call it, that they're, they're, they are fighting to defend Al-Aqsa from the Israelis may make a certain amount of sense. But the fact is, and this has to really be emphasized and written about, Hamas has been militarizing the mosques on the Temple Mount, including the Al-Aqsa Mosque. And when I say militarizing, they are bringing weapons to the mosque. They are bringing in huge amounts of, of um, fireworks, and they use fireworks as a weapon. They aim the fireworks at whoever they want to kill. So if you have an organization like Hamas, us militarizing mosques and uh, creating a much more threatening environment. These guys aren't representing freedom of religion or, uh, or anything like that. They're representing the use of weaponry to restrict religion. And that's my concern. And the misinterpretation of this in the West and in the Western media leads Hamas to believe that it's winning and leads Hamas to um, not, not say, okay, we made a mistake, but to get much worse, to escalate even further. And that's a situation we face now. Uh, today, I saw a film, uh, a video that was uh, of a scene inside the Al-Aqsa Mosque on Temple Mount, and it just showed uh, Palestinian militants doing what you just described, picking up uh, projectiles, uh, weapons, and going outside and raining those very dangerous um, weapons over at, uh, at, at Jewish worshipers by the Western Wall. And, um, and just like there is media that is pushing um, a false story um, about uh, moral equivalency that both sides are wrong, uh, we here at Secure America Now are, are proud uh, to provide you with the platform at any time that you want to join us and give us, in a sense, the truth. The fake media is not our friend or Israel's friend, but in fact, uh, we uh, are seen and heard 
by millions of people and others will pick up uh, your words that you just said. And uh, as a closing statement, is there any particular points that you want to make? Well, you know, I have a gentleman working at my center, the Jerusalem Center for Public Affairs, uh, General Cooper Wasser. And I was on the phone with him this morning. I said, Cooper, we have to write about the militarization of mosques. I've seen this elsewhere in the Arab world. You know, the old Mufti of Jerusalem in the 1920s used to bring tons of weaponry onto the Temple Mount and use it against the British. We have to get that story out because it's not out there. So if you have any pictures showing that militarization, showing the kinds of projectiles or weapons they have up there, I hope hopefully we can get some of it too. Get it out there. Definitely. And, and basically, you know, I think it was President Trump who spoke about, uh, you know, uh, fake history, fake news. We've got to get out the truth. Because if you don't have the truth, then policies will be based on falsehood. And if they're based on falsehood, then violence will be perpetuated. And we don't want to work. Well, uh, we'll pledge to come back on here when that report is done. We will, of course, share whatever information that we have about the militarization of mosques uh, with you to help you put together uh, information on that, that particular subject. And of course, we also know from previous confrontations with Hamas that Hamas uses civilians uh, in a very dangerous way uh, so that if Israel decides to retaliate, uh, they, they want to see the death toll among Palestinians increase so that they think it will resonate in the West. And well, Let me just tell you one thing. Last night, uh, when there was a, a return of escalation in Jerusalem, if you looked at the Temple Mount, you would have seen huge fires that are maybe two or three stories tall. And these fires, it looked like maybe the Al-Aqsa Mosque was on fire. That was not what was going on. These fires involve the Hamas setting fire to trees. They have trees on the Temple Mount. And when those trees are in flames, you know, it's a horrible, horrible image. It's the kind of image that could lead um, many young people in the Arab world to demand military escalation. So you either get truth and clarity, or you end up in a bigger war. And therefore, again, I appreciate, Alan, you're reaching out and saying, you know, we'll be happy to be a vehicle for getting out the truth, because the truth will bring peace, and falsehood in this case can only bring escalation. Well, thank you, Ambassador Dory Gold. Uh, thank you for bringing us up to date and analyzing what is going on right now in Jerusalem and other parts of the state of Israel. And we wish you Godspeed and good health and stay safe. Thank you, Alan. And uh, 
Thank you, Code Red and uh, your organization. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Code Red Podcast. Be sure to click subscribe to stay up to date and be the first to hear about our future podcast. You can also find and subscribe to the Code Red Podcast on Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, and YouTube.